You are listening to episode number 21 of The Love Noteworthy Show. Welcome to The Love Noteworthy Show, the guide to leading your life with passion, purpose, perspective, and prosperity. Each week, we feature entrepreneurs, influencers, game changers, and change makers who provide powerful strategies for creating a remarkable first impression that leads to a lasting impact in your business, brand, and personal life. So come join us as we transform your mindset and teach you the lessons that you want and need to become Love Noteworthy. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Love Noteworthy Show. Today, we're going to be talking about personal branding basics with the talented Lindy Norris. But before we do, Lindy, I just wanted to tell you something. (laughs) So um, did you know that our one-year friend anniversary is happening this week? (laughs) That what? Our one-year friend anniversary. So um, I totally, like, okay, so I totally creeped. Lindy on LinkedIn and wanted to befriend her and do like a similar interview to this uh, for the Gold Zebra. And I was just looking at the dates on this. And this was like December 10th, 2013. And um, I believe this episode is going out December 8th. So it's our friend anniversary this week. (laughs) No way. Yeah. That's so funny. So surprise. (laughs) Um, But anyways, uh, getting back to what we're going to be talking about today, personal branding basics. Before we do that, I just want to give the audience a little introduction to Lindy. So Lindy is a marketing expert with over 12 years experience and executive leadership in strategy and brand development, marketing, advertising, and communications. Named one of Marketing Magazine's 30 Under 30 and former Future Leaders of Manitoba finalists, she's a proud Winnipegger who blends her entrepreneurial spirit and business acumen in developing impactful brands for today's market. She holds a BA and a BCom with honors from the University of Manitoba and is currently completing an MBA. And as the principal consultant for LNC, a strategic advisory practice based in Winnipeg, she works with organizations and individuals to enhance profile and performance. So welcome, Lindy, to the show. Thank you so much for letting me take some time out of your crazy schedule right now. I'm really excited we get to chat again. Me too. Thanks. (laughs) So um, I gave everybody a little bit of an introduction to you, but why don't you tell us a little bit more about your background and how you really decided to go into marketing and branding and consulting and strategy? Like what set you on that path? I was working in the agricultural industry for about six years, a few years back, and that's when I really started getting into um, business marketing, communications, um, strategic consulting, and other related projects. That's really where I started developing a penchant for um, marketing and strategy and everything that went along with it. So that's what really set the uh, path, and that was about, uh, I guess that was about 12 years ago now. And uh, from there, it just honed in on loving marketing more and more and getting into the brand work and everything in between. That's amazing. So you did you study a lot of marketing while you were going to school when you did your BCom? Uh, you know what? I did a lot of practical marketing work before I even got into the commerce program. So that's what really made me decide that I wanted to do the program was working in it. And, uh, and I had a lot of nonprofit experience and students 
group experience as well. So while I was going to school doing my BA is uh, when I was working at this um, agricultural communication publishing and consulting agency. And I did that for about six years. So I, I really did have a lot of practical and applicable work experience by the time I got to my BCom. Mm. So um, really learning about the nuances of marketing and more about strategy and, and building that foundation uh, through education at school really just made it stronger. And uh, and I had the opportunity to then move into um, a corporate job um, where I worked on uh, leading a consumer market and developing the strategy and, and pricing promotion um, while well, I was finishing school and did that shortly after school. So it, it all kind of blended together and throughout it had a lot of really great experiences in terms of being on committees and boards where I really got to exercise some of my strengths and um, make some make some motions and results happen in that spectrum too. So it, uh, it was kind of a, a multi-pronged approach and um, brought me to where I am now. That's awesome. And we'll be talking a little bit about uh, volunteer experience later. But one of the things that I mentioned in your bio is that you were selected as one of the top 30 under 30 by Marketing Magazine, which is a huge honor. Um, Just from a personal branding standpoint, what do you think were some of the things that really made you stand out to the judges to select you? Without really knowing what uh, made them choose me for that list in, uh, I guess, 2014, I suspect it's because um, I was one of a few people representing the Prairie and Western provinces. Uh, a lot of it's really focused in Central Canada, and yeah. uh, and I think I think being somebody who's um, was standing out in the prairies was important. Um, I also think Athena Leadership was part of it. So somebody that had um, started a nonprofit group focused on young w- women's leadership development and everything that we've done in that time since 2011, including a uh, large-scale fundraising event, establishing a scholarship, bringing in high-caliber mentors and providing personal professional development for the members. Um, I think that was part of it as well. And then beyond that, um, just my career path and everything that I had done in the time, um, I guess over the past 10 years or so, uh, it was diverse, uh, it was progressive, and um, I had I had some success metrics to go with it too. So at the time, I was working on a, a very exciting retail brand, and uh, that had a lot of motion and momentum as well. Mm-hmm. So that is what I suspect kind of triggered and piqued their interest in terms of 30 under 30, but uh, it was a very, very diverse and accomplished group that year. And I consider myself very privileged to have been part of it. Um, and even since then, I've kept in contact with them. So it, it's really exciting to see where everybody has gone so far. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, so just kind of switching gears and getting onto the main focus today. Um, let's talk about personal branding for the audience. If they do not know what this term is, um, how would you describe what personal branding is? Quite simply, personal branding is the practice of people marketing themselves and their careers as a brand. And so with that, how is that different from just like shamelessly promoting yourself or being a narcissist or just selfieing all the time? Yeah. Well, I suppose, I suppose the difference really is um, instead of just doing your day-to-day um, self-promotion and not really having a a clear goal in mind, personal branding really has a whole strategy around it. And depending on the person and their goals, there's a multifaceted approach in terms of um, how to reach your goals, who to connect with along the way, which mediums to use, 
um, refining your actual brand, your brand values, personality, and um, everything in between. It's, um, you know, really leveraging your network when you need to and getting yourself out there and making sure that at every touch point um, that you're consistent with your personal brand. So what would be so, some... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, so if you're... You're thinking of some examples. So if you want to talk about um, building consistency in your personal brand touch points, this is anything from your website, your resume, social media accounts, um, in-person networking, business pitches, customer testimonials, and more. So literally everything from from seeing somebody in person and, and being in physical presence to how you use your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter accounts, what your resume looks like, everything in between. It's the whole it's the whole sphere of who you are in a digital space and also in a physical space. Yeah, for sure. So what would be some of the benefits of building a personal brand? Like other than, I don't know, shamelessly promoting yourself. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, there's a lot. So uh, I'll dig into them in a minute, but um, just off the top of my head, the benefits include strategic goal achievement, increasing your professional reputation, building career advancement, differentiating yourself, improving credibility, um, really building confidence for yourself, and connecting authentically with your, your target audience, whether whether you're a business owner and you're reaching customers or whether you're a professional and you're just engaging with your network. So, for example, I touched on strategic goal achievement, and uh, a lot of professionals, um, specifically high-level professionals, might have goals of joining um, a board, a specific board for a corporation, or maybe they want to become a go-to media commentator for a specific industry or become an industry-leading expert. Um, you know, I, the example I use is maybe you want to end up on the cover of Fortune. This all requires a plan. It requires some credibility, and you need to get out there and pound the pavement and enhance your personal brand with very intentional, purposeful connection along the way. So you're essentially building the road out ahead of you so that you can run down that road for however long it is you need. So if you're going to strive to be on the cover of fortune, then you certainly need to start making yourself known as somebody that's an expert there and in that field. You need to start connecting with the right people. You need to start putting yourself out there. You need to build the credibility and trust in your network. So that's just a that's just a really quick example. But um, there are a lot of benefits to personal branding and the intensity of some personal brands may be more than others, but it really just depends on what fits you, what fits your goals, and how it fits your life and career right now. Yeah, for sure. So obviously, a lot of celebrities or influencers or politicians um, or CEOs will establish personal brands, but do you think that everybody should be crafting one regardless of what level you're at? No, I think it's a personal preference. If you're really not comfortable being out there, then it might not be something for you. There might be a degree of a personal brand that you already have that you don't know about. In, yeah. You know, for example, um, how you are in person and what your resume is like. And there might just be a few things you're already doing. And if, if they're consistent, that's fantastic. Then if that's what works for you, that's great. Um, but I wouldn't say that everybody needs to have a personal brand. And it might it might just seem uh, a little daunting to some people. It might it might be a little out there for a lot of others who normally aren't out there, and that's totally fine. So it's just a matter of really doing what fits you and being authentic. So if you're normally not an extrovert and engaging and really putting yourself out there, then your personal brand wouldn't make sense to try and uh, be a loud person in every space, including in digital and social. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. 
For people that do want to develop a personal brand, can you perhaps give uh, the listeners some starting points on how you would go about doing this and really figuring out kind of like what your niche and what industry you want to serve or what career path? Um, like what are the first, what are the starting points? So the starting point is really first recognizing that you want to do it and that you already do have some touch points. So um, going from your resume, what does that look like? How does it speak to you? How do you want it to speak to you? Really moving from status quo to where you want to be. You need to identify goals. And uh, then, then from there, you can really start creating a roadmap to get to your goals. So I understand that you have the resume boutique, and I think it's a really fantastic service. Uh, for people that are looking for a resume that's both professional and different and speaks to who they are, um, I've seen a lot of resumes and a lot of them either look and sound the same or need a lot of work and refinement. And at the end of the day, when you think about putting yourself out there and going for your dream job, um, there might be 200 other people that are going for that same job. So you've really got to think about how you stand out and how you're first presented and what, what your other touch points might say. So if you are going to Google yourself, you need to think about what comes up and how it's going to reflect on you. And I believe the stat is that um, 35% of candidates get screened out of interviews upon being Googled. Whether or not, mm. um, you know, it's a, it's a commonly accepted HR practice, it happens, I've done it. And um, you will be Googled if you're going for a job and you have to be prepared for that. So the content you put out there really as part of your personal brand strategy is is really going to lead what ends up on Google. And if it's very consistent, it's favorable, it's impressive, then that really serves, it serves you well. So in terms of starting, number one, identify your goals. Number two, start with the basics. Um, start getting a resume together, have someone look at it or or go and look at one of the templates, maybe see that the resume boutique has, um, get a LinkedIn profile. It's, uh, it's time now that most people should have a LinkedIn profile, whether or not they're looking for a job. Uh, it's a great area to network. It speaks to the quality of your network. And um, there might be opportunities out there where it's really more of a, a pull versus push strategy. So it's, um, it's a great place to interact and connect with customers, to um, really communicate your personal brand values and your brand proposition. Um, LinkedIn, I, I can't say enough about it. It's a great mm-hmm. place to be and it's very, very beneficial for most people. Um, there are very few that might not benefit from it, but uh, it's a really great place. So from there, you move into integrating the consistency across your other social media presence, whether whether that's, um, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It really matters um, in terms of what's public and what's private. But the idea is everything should be consistent. And what do you want to be known for? What do you want to go for in terms of either a job or a business opportunity or maybe you're opening a business? Um, for example, if you're going to open um, a juice company or a, or a prep juice company in Western Canada, uh, and I'm just thinking of that right now because I, I know it's nice and warm in Western Canada. Um, <laughs> you, definitely, you definitely want to be known as a leader and somebody who understands the market trends in health, in organics, in the benefits of juices. And so you want to put that out there and you want to build credibility in yourself, not just as a business owner, but as somebody who's going to be a leader in that industry. So it can really be said for virtually any industry, whether you're a photographer or a landscaper or a retailer, it doesn't matter. Uh, There's a lot you can do with your network and with your customers to help them understand that you are the best at what you do and that there is credibility and trust in what you do and authenticity is such a big piece of that. 
Yeah, for sure. Like, I can't remember what interview I've heard that a similar sentiment in in the past, but um, they talked a lot about how important it is for especially like product-based industries um, or service-based industries to not necessarily strive to be like the best in your industry, but more so like just just to be your industry, like be the go-to touching point. If you're a photographer, it's like all things like wedding, for example, like no, just know everything about weddings or like like you said, with the juice company, it's like, it's not just about the juice. It's like all about all of the health benefits and just like really aligning yourself with the industry as opposed to the specific, specific facet of it. Absolutely. Um, I mean, the, the easiest way to think about it is um, you want your brand to be as specific as possible. The last thing you want is to seem, um, you know, in the sense of looking and feeling like everybody else in the market. So if your customers or perhaps a recruiter sees you and you kind of look and feel like everybody else, then you're a commodity. And if you're a commodity and then there's nothing special about you and you'll get passed by. So you need to make sure that you're not the Walmart of personal brands. You're never going to be everything to everybody. So the best thing you could do is really start refining what your strengths are and, um, you know, maybe mitigating or even lessening what your weaknesses are. So if you know there's certain areas that um, you're either not passionate about or you're just not as strong in, then those can be really lessened through a personal brand. And the more you promote your strengths, the more you're going to steer yourself in the direction of pursuing those and fulfilling your passions and finding something that fits you, again, whether that's um, a business opportunity, a customer, or a job. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of recruiters, uh, let's just talk about personal branding for job seekers for a moment. What can job seekers really do to stand out, like before they actually get their foot in the door for an interview and then like while they're in the interview? The first thing a job seeker should do is Google themselves. So before you go out looking for a job, Google yourself. See what's on there. And if there's stuff that you don't like, you need to take some steps to either have it removed or start populating uh, the top ranks for yourself or your name with positive content. Uh, I think most people are pretty safe when it comes to Googling. But again, employers do Google you, and it does affect your ability to get an interview or get the job at the end of the day. Um, you know, especially for the younger generation that's in their, their late teens or 20s, um, you know, even early to late 30s, it is a very, very clear reality in how hiring is done right now. And if there is something that is um, compromising in your in your personal life or there might be statements that you've put online, say on Twitter, um, that really speak poorly to your personal character, then an employer may not feel comfortable um, pursuing you as a candidate if they think that's the type of approach you might have in the workplace. Um, on top of that, um, be on Googling yourself. Shape up your resume. Personally, I work on mine maybe um, monthly, just as a quick update. So it's never daunting for me. And it's always very fresh. So, you know, spend two minutes, update it if there's something to say. Um, there may not be for a few months, and that's okay. But keep on top of it, and it will never become a very daunting task. And that way, if you ever need to give it to somebody, if you're, um, you know, for example, going to do a speaking engagement and it's a little bit of background info, uh, it's up to date, it's ready to go, and it's less work for you. You should also have some references ready to go. So if for some reason you end up in a job process that's quite rushed, and say you apply for your dream job tomorrow, you need to make sure your references are ready to go and that you have a current list. So there might be, you know, six, maybe even 10 people that at any given time have agreed to give you references. And depending on the job, three of them might be the most appropriate. Making sure that you have those people identified ahead of time really, really helps you when it comes down to the interview process. And 
as long as they, they fit the job you're applying for, that's even better. Um, you know what? I can't think of any other principal steps right now. Uh, but in general, that's kind of the one, two, three of before you even apply for a job where you start. It's just really looking at what's out there already, what's your resume look like, what are your references, and then start looking at um, all of your digital presence and how, how it either might go together may not go together and what needs to be changed about it if it doesn't perhaps suggest that um, you are an expert or stronger in a specific thing and uh, and if you have a personal account and you don't want it seen then turning that into a private account or perhaps removing it if it's just not fitting your career trajectory anymore. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, so in speaking about kind of networking events and our generation of job seekers. Do you feel that business cards are dead? No, I really don't. And I often have requests for business cards a lot. Uh, I don't think they're dead. They're a visual reminder of who you are. And while email is a very, very easy way to connect, as is LinkedIn and, uh, and even social, when you're first meeting somebody, a business card is still, is still that reminder and that quality and personality about you that they may not get through a digital space. For example, a business card could end up on their desk. It could end up in their in their jacket pocket for a few days and every spot and they look at it. But um, it really serves to tell people a little about you. So if you had, you know, a, a matte black, very thick stock business card, it's very quiet and moot. I think that, that strongly suggests the type of person you are and how you go about it. Whereas if you had a gold foiled card that was, you know, hot pink text that also speaks to the kind of person <laughs> that you trying to say be in terms of personality. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know if that's what yours looks like. Um, My gold zebra ones are like... That reminder. Oh, sorry. So it's... Um, it, no, no, it's okay. It's a reminder. And sometimes there just is an appropriate time to give them, especially if it's a quick interaction and you don't want to pull out your phone and say, just wait a minute while I try and look you up on LinkedIn and you have this awkward moment. It's just a nice way that you can formally um, tell their, their name and contact away for that time being and go back later, find them on LinkedIn, send a thoughtful note and uh, make the connection there. And you'll always, I mean, depending on the kind of person you are, you, you'll always have those business cards. You don't necessarily have to keep them, but um it's, it's always nice as a reminder later to follow up with that person. And, uh, and if you're, if you're so inclined to, to keep a roll of X, then you'll certainly have an impressive one. But, uh, I do not think business cards are dead. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I just wanted to see your thoughts on it because I am still a huge fan of business cards and exactly what you said, like you can totally connect with people online, which is great, but it's so easy to forget about them. Whereas, Again, as you said, a business card is like a physical reminder that's going to stay on your desk or stay somewhere in your purse mm-hmm. or something like that to connect with that person. So, yeah, and if, you know, if you're lucky enough and your business card does not stand out, then um, they may not ever throw it out. And we we all know that we get a hundred business cards if we go to a networking event, but uh, there are just some that you don't have the heart to throw out because they're so different and special. And uh, and if you're that person, then you really hit the water today. Yeah, for sure. Plus, they're a classier way to give out your number if you're out, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, is it just me that does that? Or no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Okay, so in terms of uh, building your reputation, 
Um, let's talk a little bit about volunteer work. So as Lindy kind of alluded to, she is the founder of this amazing women's organization called Athena Leadership, which operates in Winnipeg. And there's a really diverse like mentorship program. They do amazing events with ex- exceptional speakers and lots of like charity fundraising and stuff like that. So for how can people really align their volunteer work to help strengthen their brand? Because I find a lot of times like people will volunteer for the sake of volunteering and they become quickly dispassionate yeah. because it maybe doesn't align with like what their values are, like the the organization that they're serving. So I think that's a really great question. And I've been asked that several times. A lot of people do want to get volunteer experience and they often say, well, how do I get involved? And the first thing I say is, what are you passionate about? Because that's what matters most. You need mm-hmm. to align with something that you truly care about and you'll do your best work. So if you really love puppies, then maybe volunteering at Aging Aid Society is for you. And you'll always feel energy and passion and fulfillment out of that. Whereas, you know, if you love art and you're very, very, very passionate about art and everything about it, then volunteering for puppies is not going to do it for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, beyond, you know, working in, working in areas that you're passionate about just makes it easier and more enjoyable for you to do that. So if you... You know what, for example, if you really do love art and you work on a charity event, uh, for example, I worked on one here called Art and Soul, and uh, the Winnipeg Art Gallery is a very dynamic place. It's really easy to want to work with them because it's such a great cause, and um, it was such a fun event. But um, the fun thing about volunteering, too, is that you can get really, really creative. It's a fantastic position to influence. There's almost an open door for you to come up with creative ideas and strategies and implement them. And it's a great space to come up with success metrics that are really, really helpful to building your resume. So um, over the years, I did, I did a lot of volunteering um, board involvement committees and everything in between. And it was such a great space to hone my skills, working with groups, um, doing different things in terms of leadership, generating great results in terms of attendance or dollars raised or profitability and um, doing sponsorship relations, getting my name out there, volunteering and um, getting involved with your community is just so underrated. And at the end of the day, it really just helps strengthen business opportunities anyway. So you may as well, you may as well do it. Uh, at least that's my opinion. Um, a, you know, a strong community and a community of leaders who, who care about what's happening with the social fabric of the community is always just going to go round in terms of strength. So one cannot exist without the other. Um, yeah. it, it, it just goes back to what I said. Identify what you love and what you care about. If it's cars, then maybe there's a local school program where they fix up cars and there's something you can do there to help mentor and get involved. Really, it's, it's anything that you care about and just getting out there and pounding the pavement and telling people that you have an interest and the will to give your time and to give back. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't take too long before somebody knows somebody and they put you in touch and then you're connected with a new cause. Um, at any given time, there's always, always, always nonprofit organizations that are looking for volunteers and for help. Yeah, for sure. And I think like going back to the job seekers again, there's kind of two benefits for volunteering is one that you're going to get experience that you may not necessarily have the opportunity to get early on in your career um, because it is a volunteer position. And then second to that, like you never know who else is volunteering with those organizations and it could really help you to get a referral for a future job or um, have a mentor or something like that. Right. So. Uh-huh. 
So um, speaking about mentorship, I know you and I are both huge advocates of it. Um, So how important is mentorship to you? Where can people find mentors and how do they really reach out to them? For me, mentorship has been very helpful uh, in my career. Anytime I've come to um, major decision points, major challenges, uh, even successes, they're always there to support. Their advice is extremely invaluable and it means a lot to me that um, my mentors specifically are willing to give their time and, and wisdom and experience through insight to help guide me along the way. It's, um, it's, it's a real eye-opener and uh, really humbling to listen to their experiences, especially, and I'm speaking specifically now to uh, listening to mentors through Athena Leadership. Listening to different challenges they've had reminds you that at the end of the day, we are all people and you are you and they are they and we all go through struggles. We all face failure at some point and uh, the successes are great, but there's always life that happens in between. So it's balancing family and friends and uh, just the reality and challenges that happen when you're going through a career and specific to um, high-level leaders and CEOs that we have speak. It just it reminds us that they're not a perfect person, and um, you know we always kind of put them up on this pedestal and see their success and want to be it, but forget that somewhere along there, real life happened, and mm-hmm. they made it work, and they found a balance that worked for them. So um, having mentors for me has been extremely invaluable, and I find it to really be a guiding light in uh, life and career. And uh, I think they're such remarkable people that can share great wisdom. And sometimes it's the reality that you need to hear that perhaps your friend or parent may not give you. So that's another that's another reason mentors are really great is because they're generally very objective with you and they want to see you do well, which sometimes means being very candid with you in their feedback. Um, in terms of finding mentors, this is one that I'm usually pretty cautious uh, about in giving in giving thought. So. Um, you can't just go out and find a mentor and ask someone to be your mentor. Um, you can try, but it may not work that way. What you really need to do is develop relationships with people that you think um, could be great mentors, but most importantly, that you really look up to, uh, maybe that you idolize, that you perhaps want to be in a few years if they're in a specific job and you think they're really great at it. Um, it's a matter of developing a relationship with them and developing trust. You can't just earn their time overnight. You can't expect them to just give you their insight and give you their time and answer your calls uh, without earning it. These are people who are usually already established. They're very busy and you need to make them aware that you are worth their time. So depending on what your goals are or maybe what you're experiencing in your job or, uh, you know, maybe you're going through an interview and you want some feedback, um, Really starting to develop relationships with people that you may identify as mentors is the best thing you can do. I would never suggest somebody emailing someone they're not familiar with saying, will you be my mentor? Um, You would probably be met with crickets at the other end. I can't guarantee that. But um, it's really about the trust, the confidence, uh, earning their time. And then using it very carefully and very sensitively. So um, some people, it's okay to talk every couple of days. Um, You know, some mentors, if you can talk to them once or twice a year, then that's great. So you just really have to use your discretion there and know where they're at in their life and career, know where your relationship is or, or, you know, your relationship bank account is and and when you can withdraw and when you need to deposit. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And using that very carefully, the last thing you want is just to seem like a drain on them. And so you need to remember that a lot of times, um, and it took me a while to realize this, a lot of times your mentors get a lot of energy from you. They get really uh, reinvigorated when they, they listen to younger people, um, you know, either excitedly talking about opportunities or even lamenting, and they, they get really energized about it. I know. Um, but I know. Again, you need to make sure that you don't always go to them complaining, that you don't just go to them without having come up with some options or resources yourself. You need to want to help yourself first before you can go to a mentor and just say, you know, help me. <laughs> so it's a, it's a dynamic relationship. It's never the same between any two people, but it's a matter of using your discretion and really just being appreciative of their time, earning their trust, and uh, and knowing knowing how you ebb and mm-hmm. flow in there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and for those of you, I'm just going to shamelessly plug something right now. But for those of you that are a bit apprehensive with reaching out to mentors, uh, the goldzebra.com has an online mentorship program that you can participate in. And it's really low commitment in that you can just reach out to any of the people that are on the website and tweet them or email them and ask them questions. And they're committed to getting back to you. So it can be like a one-off or if you are really demonstrating gratitude and thankful and find that there's a connection between you and the person, then maybe it will develop into like a full on mentorship. And so Lindy's going to be signing on. I'm holding you accountable because now it's in a, <laughs> it's in one of the episodes of the show, but for January, uh, she's definitely going to be one of the mentors on the site. So you can tweet her anytime. Um, but yeah, definitely reach out to that. Uh, and as I just said, Uh, The biggest thing I've found with mentors that I've worked with is really showing and demonstrating a lot of gratitude towards them goes like a huge, a huge, huge way. So if whether it's like handwriting cards as thank you or just being positive or just telling you how much you appreciate them at the end of each meeting, that really helps to foster a positive relationship that they want to continue to engage in. So that's my quick tip for (laughs) y'all. Yeah. So I just have a couple more questions for you, Lindy. Uh, first, if you had just one hour to do a few things to really kickstart branding yourself, what would you recommend that somebody do if you had like one hour? One hour. That's right a, now. That's a good amount of time. One hour. Um, open up your resume, polish it up, give it a quick update, then go Google yourself. Take a look at what's out there. Either close them your accounts or start deciding how you want to direct them in future. And, um, and, you know, maybe jot down what you think your strategy might be from there. So in an hour, I'd say that that's a fair amount to get done. But overall, just be really conscious of what you're doing, whether it is in person or online. And uh, if, if you really want specific things out of your career and you set goals to get your dream job, then there has to be steps along the way. You can't just jump from the bottom stair to the top. There has to be a gradual buildup and uh, kind of a plan in place to get there. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the things that you mentioned earlier, too, is just about um, keeping like or having kind of a maintenance routine. So once a month, maybe dedicating an hour to just like polishing up your resume, like you said, like checking out your LinkedIn profile to make sure that it's updated and just all of the main touching points of your online and offline brand. If you need to do some new shopping, maybe do that, too. (laughs) 
Oh man. Anyways, so um, <laughs> I know that Lindy does have to leave us as she has an important meeting later this evening. So my final question for you today, Lindy, is that we ask all of our guests on the show is what is your number one tip for others on how they can be more love note worthy in their business and or their life? The number one tip I'd say is be authentic. That That is really all. If you own a business, if you are representing a corporation, if you're an entrepreneur, just be authentic. Treat others the way you want to be treated and uh, just really follow what you're passionate about. Very, very simple. That's amazing. I've heard that so many times from so many awesome, <laughs> successful women. Like It's just such a no-brainer, but at the same time, easier yeah. said than done, right? But <laughs> I love that advice. Absolutely. And, and you know what? A lot of us speak from experience and just kind of finding what our real passions are and what fulfills us. And uh, just just don't hide who you are. Be authentic. And the more you do that, the more comfortable you are, the more confident you are, and the greater you are in your passion. So um, it's, you know, it's just such a simple secret to performance and being a high-performing person. Yeah, for sure. And also surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals. If you're being authentic, then you're just naturally going to be attracting these really awesome individuals to you that have similar uh, passions and um, personalities and ambitions. And so it kind of is a full loop of progression. Yes, ma'am. I agree. All right. Well, that's all the time that we have today. Thank you so much, Lindy, for speaking with us about personal branding. And I hope you guys got some great notes. I would love to hear from you what actions you're going to be taking after this interview to really update or kickstart your personal brand. And I hope that all of you are having an amazing love-filled week. Happy friendiversary again, Lindy. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, All right. Well, thank you and have a great week, everyone.